You're listening to Soul Roadmap, episode 53. Welcome to Soul Roadmap Podcast. Each week, you'll hear strategies and inspiration to take action and live life better. Hi, I'm Dina Cataldo, lawyer, coach, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your roadmap to creating more success in your life, business, and relationships. Let's get started. Hello, how are you doing today? I hope your day is going amazing. I am excited to be here today because we're going to talk to somebody who is just a sweetheart. And I think you're going to enjoy our conversation. We're talking about boundaries and where they pop up in our life. It's a huge topic. So we're really focusing on one particular area. And it's the one that I think that most of us have the most difficult time with because we're faced with them every day and there's so much guilt wrapped up in this topic, in saying what we want and following through with getting what we want. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about what that is in a minute and so is my guest. But before we do that, I just want to share something around this topic of guilt because it's so common. It just pops up everywhere. And this is something that I'm thinking through right now specifically because I'm preparing for a trip to Bali. And I was thinking about what we're talking about today and what popped up a topic that runs through boundaries, just like it's popping up through my trip that I'm taking, is this subject of guilt. This guilt of getting what we want, taking time off for ourselves, giving ourselves a gift of time and quiet, of reflection and adventure. And it's also this guilt that we should be doing something else for somebody else. We want to help other people. The thing is, is that we have to help ourselves first. We have to create that space for ourselves first. I mean, there are sacrifices that we just have to take to make that happen. And that is okay. It's okay to take that time off, to miss that special event, to allocate your finances differently, to leave other people to take care of our usual responsibilities. It's okay to do that. So just recognize that it's normal to feel guilt because that's what I'm working through right now is just recognizing like, hey, I do feel bad about these different areas that I'm not taking care of because that is something that's usually my responsibility or it's a special event that I'm missing because I chose to go to Bali instead. And, you know, my friend understands, you know, my friends are amazing and it's something that I had planned a long time ago. So just recognize that it's okay to make these kinds of choices in your life. It's okay to take that time to yourself, especially recognizing that you work your buns off all the time. Like you are allowed to take time to yourself. All right. Okay. So with that said, I want to introduce you to a really special woman. Her name is Tiffany Wynn. And she is going to share some personal stories about her challenges with boundaries. And we're going to have a nice little conversation. So let's just dive right in. I'm going to let her introduce herself. All right, let's go. Hi, Tiffany. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, Dina? I am fantastic. It is really warm here in California. How are you doing? Where are you at? 
I'm in Florida and today it's been rainy. So it's been up and on with a lot of thunderstorm. So it's wet, humid. <laughs> oh, it's very different from here right now. So tell our listeners a little bit about what you do. I am a spiritual life coaching and my mission is to help people finding the truth of who they are so they can have clarity and from then they can find inner peace and happiness in their daily life. And I'm mainly working with busy, sensitive professional because I want to work with driven people, but also people that more in touch with their feelings. So that's why sensitive high achiever. That's who I work with. Oh, that's awesome. So for people who are listening, I know that you work in pharmacy. So can you say a little bit about like what brought you into working in the pharmaceutical industry? What brought you into this coaching arena? Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. So I am kind of like a brand yet. So I start out, um, I'm very methodical, very scientific. I enjoy all these science classes and math. So naturally, I'm drawn to more toward anything science. My first job, I was at have a pharmacy technician and then just follow the course there to become a pharmacist later on and now become a pharmacy manager. But for coaching, it's something I think is like married two sides of myself. Although I'm very scientific, I'm also intuitive and I'm really passionate about spirituality. So I went through this dark time of my life where I was very lonely, have very low self-esteem, very low self-worth, especially when I first moved to the U.S. by myself when I was 16. And things happened to become really bad. And it was such a big personal, spiritual journey to turn it around from someone have very low self-worth to more confidence, very know myself. And basically before it was very lonely. And after the spirituality, loneliness, it wasn't no longer an issue anymore. So coaching for me is something that not only I'm passionate about, but it's more on, on the practical side. So my coaching involves really focus on what you can do in your busy life, not changing hold of yourself, but how to fit it in and coming back to who you are, fit into your busy schedule and become someone who you meant to be living your life, not like scratching the whole do over your life kind of deal, but integrate all the part of yourself to become more true to who you are. So spiritual coaching is something I um, basically marry my intuitive side and practical side. I think it's so important that we recognize that we can integrate our whole self so we can be driven and ambitious and at the same time, pay attention to what we're feeling, pay attention to why we are doing what we are doing. And really, I love the word that you use, like we really marry the different parts of ourselves and integrate it all. I'm really curious to know about how you started to get in touch with this intuitive side and also how would you define intuition? So growing up in Asia, spirituality is something that we value and we pay attention to. It's not something that we shut off or turning toward on a more any different way. For example, say I grew up as a Catholic. My dad was Catholic. My mom is actually Buddhist. 
And then Vietnam, we have a strong culture of ancestorship. So every single Vietnamese have like an ancestor altar in their home. So it's a very blended way in spirituality and allow room for people to kind of explore which one they lean toward, which one they feel more resonate to. So spirituality is not something that's foreign to me, but it's deepened when I went to live challenges. And I think every one of us, we need certain kind of uh, strength that sometimes that's required if we have like a rich digital life. And that's help us go through life challenges. So when I moved to the U.S., when I don't have my family, I didn't have the language, I didn't have skill or anything like that. I think spirituality is something like a hope and is kind of like a baseline that gives me some strength to help me pull through that dark night of the soul and go forward. So as I dive deeper into when I become very depressed and I dive deeper into like, why am I depressed? Who am I depressed? And it's going down into that journey and that's just turned toward to spirituality. And because of that strong, I guess kind of open-minded first, from my upbringing and then together with life challenges and my choices of turning towards spirituality that make it such an important aspect in my life. And I find that it's very important because it's really helped when you're coming out on the other side and it's really helped people to be more resilient during life challenges and help them figure out who they are and make them more compassionate, make them more present in their own daily life. So what I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you really equate intuition with your spirituality. Yes. I would say be more very open-minded for a new perspective idea, but also very in touch with your feeling. The two steps come from like not only being very honest with who you are, but also with your feelings, kind of recognize the subtle feeling you feel, or the gut feelings you have, or in touch with the feelings. So that's a huge part in intuitions. You said that you moved here when you were 16 years old. Can you describe some of the challenges that you faced when you got here and how your intuition or your spirituality really helped pull you through? When I moved here when I was 16 by myself, it was a huge challenge since I was a teenager. I didn't have the language. I didn't have the culture. So I was a complete foreigner. It was a fish out of the water. And without the support from family and friends, from society, you on your own. And um, the intuition was really helped in a way that I kind of recognized that I have to went through this because I made the choice of moving to the U.S. by myself and also recognize like, my feeling, Kyle, I recognize I'm not angry at my parents. I'm not angry at society. I'm not angry at the country or at life. But I feel sad because I was lonely and I was depressed because I had no support because of life, cultural shock, because of the language barrier. But the intuition keeping me in touch with my feeling and those subtle differences between anger depression, frustration, depression, loneliness, and kind of like get me to the idea of like why I'm feeling that way, what I'm feeling that way about. And there is that this hope that things are going to get better. Because when you know why you're feeling that way, 
you can like have a better like okay it doesn't last forever so there's this hope that pull you through that kind of challenges so that's really helped so often I know that the people I talk to, and you know, this was me not too long ago, we get so caught up with the busyness of life that we lose touch with how we're feeling. We don't really stop to think about what we're feeling. And instead we project what we're thinking onto other things or we blame outside things for the way that we feel rather than just recognizing, you know what, they're just feelings. These are just feelings. They're going to pass. And the fact that you could recognize that at such a young age put you ahead of the game for, you know, a lot of people who are driven, ambitious men and women who are on that autopilot journey right now, the ones who just haven't stopped to just notice those subtle feelings. What were the tools that you felt that you really used, the ones that you had to help you out when you were looking to ground yourself so that you could feel these feelings and understand that these feelings were going to pass? I didn't did a good job when I was young. So the tool that I'm using now, the biggest one is self-reflection. The biggest gift we can give ourselves is moments of silence because at that time, we can truly tuning in and kind of like not focusing on our normal, busy, going day to day, worry about it, but like just like complete silence and just focus on ourselves. So do a lot of self-reflections that require honesty and courage to face what are we feeling? Why are we feeling that way? And the biggest step is to just simply recognize the feeling and just accept it. Like, okay, we are feeling angry. We shouldn't be mad at ourselves for feeling angry. We just accept that we're feeling angry. Um, we recognize we're angry kind of thing. So the biggest thing is just be honest, recognize what we're feeling, do a lot of self-reflections. A lot of people do meditations. So it depends on the type of meditation you do. The main thing you want is you want to create that kind of silence moment that you'll be able to be still and listen to what you're actually feeling and recognize that. So most people do meditation or journaling. Some people find it helpful to actually talking with a trusted person in their life, either best friends or mentored or a family member to kind of recognize it. Sometimes we're just being swept away by emotion we didn't realize. Or a coach. Because <laughs> coaches are really good at that. I don't think people realize that, you know, part of the function of a coach is to hear things in the things that you say that are reflected back at you. Like we might not hear it ourselves, but when we're speaking it to a coach who's been trained, who understands the little signals like, okay, hey, you know, maybe you want to take a closer look at this. Maybe you want to take a look at what you said right here, because that's reflecting a feeling that you might not even have recognized that you had. Exactly, exactly. I wish I knew about coaches way, way, way before I ever become one. Right? That's why I don't have so struggle for so long and so hard. Coaches, you know, like you can waste time going through all the stuff and coaches just accelerate your growth. You know, they help pull you through much easier, much faster. And coaches are so necessary. If you can and if you have access to, definitely reach out to coaches. You know, it's so funny because my friend actually tagged me in an article on LinkedIn recently, and it was an article about Bill Campbell. Have you ever heard of him? He's actually the subject of the book, The Trillion Dollar Coach. I'll link to it in the show notes. 
But he was a major coach for business leaders in Silicon Valley. And he, you know, helped make trillions of dollars for these people. And it's been so acceptable in the business realm. It's been acceptable in the sports realm. I just finished a book by Kobe Bryant called uh, The Mamba Mentality. I'll link to that too. It was fantastic. But these people didn't go it alone. These people had mentors. They had coaches who really helped form their habits and helped them jump through levels in their you know, milestones in their being to the next level up that there's no way they could have made by themselves. And so I love it when I have an opportunity to speak with people who are coaches because you get it. You totally get it. And it's nice to have these conversations that people can hear on the podcast because they can hear like, look, these are the things that coaches can do for you. So thank you for that. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about were boundaries because I understand just from our brief chat we had before this about how if we aren't careful about how we set our boundaries in our life, we're not going to make it to that next level. We're not going to be able to take our lives to that milestone that we have. And I know that we're driven and ambitious and we want to get there. So I want to ask you what your definition of a boundary is. Boundary for me, I think, is when it has to do with you and your spaces and your choice. If you feel like you are pushed to do something and you're reluctant to do it, that means your boundary are being pushed. So that is how I feel about boundary. It's when you feel like your space are not respected by others and you feel like you are forced to do something, even though it's not quite manipulated, but it's your choice to do it. But you feel pushed to do it. Because you were afraid people think bad of you because you thought it was your obligation, something like that. Usually that's a case of boundary, that unclear boundary that you have with people. And when you feel that reluctantness, that is basically the sign of your boundary of being pushed and you not recognizing it. So one thing I just want to, you know, make clear for listeners is that it's a boundary is a lot like a property boundary. You know, we live in our homes, we have a yard. And a boundary is going to be that fence around our yard and it's going to be the door to our home, right? So if you cross that threshold where it's your personal space or it's your personal beliefs or it's what you're willing to do, it's a lot like that. It's a lot like crossing that line. But the definition of a boundary really is, you know, setting, communicating that line that you have with love to another person and then following through. And so we'll break that down through this conversation, I'm sure. But those are the important elements is that you're communicating that boundary with love to another person. And then you're actually following through. So it's going to look something like, if you come home after 3 a.m., I'm not going to open the door. Your boundary is you do not come home after 3 a.m. In order for that other person to respect that boundary and to do so in the future, you have to actually not let them in the house after 3 a.m. So that's like a really simple example of a boundary. And boundaries is such a huge topic that there's no way we're going to touch on all of it. But if we just keep it like really simple, I'm sure that we're going to have more than enough to chat about on this. But I wanted to ask you about your personal stories on this because I know that coming from a Vietnamese culture, um, you had different expectations maybe than an American who, you know, maybe had free reign to do whatever they wanted when they were growing up. So can you tell us a little bit about 
your upbringing in that respect? So I think hit the nail on the head. Boundary is not only about the physical space, um, even though that's the easiest one to keep track of, but you can, you can physically see it. But it also, you know, our time and our energy and what our belief is. So growing up in a Vietnamese culture, community and family are number one and individuality, individual space are second. So boundary already has basically no standing. If you're in the family, the family will know everything about your business. So you have zero boundary, whether you like it or not. But I'm also not living in Vietnam. <laughs> so right. after I become, I live in the U.S. for around like 12 years and I do paperwork to sponsor my mother to come over to the U.S. So after living on my own for 10 years, I now have to live with my mom because I have the uh, financial responsibility for her. So it was just a difference because I can clearly see the issue of boundary coming up when she moved over and lived with me under the same roof. She would have zero respect of my room. Just don't even knock, just come right in. And we'll start arranging things in my room because, you know, mom being helpful, you know, like, you know, I'm cleaning up your room and reorganizing things. And I come at home like, what did you do? You touched my stuff and I cannot find anything. So those are kind of things that, you know, you start to have to see how, why boundary is important in relationship. And when she eventually becomes like she can stand on her two feet, I actually have to bring up the difficult conversation that I got to be living by myself. And that's bring up a lot of drama, especially in Asian culture, when traditionally people stay with their parents until they get married and beyond. So it's a very big deal when I just kind of break away, moving out, living on my own without getting married without even having a kind of fiance, anything like that. And especially I went to, I just sponsored my mom here for like two years and I was breaking up. I'm like, no, we cannot do it anymore. I have to be on myself. There's nothing wrong. I still love my mom, but I want my space. And it wasn't in like just my room space. I want like a total new roof kind of space. So that brings up a lot of issue. Not only issue for me, but also for her. It's raised, so focusing on myself first, it brings up that I wasn't honest and I wasn't courageous enough to speak my truth. So there's a lot of hardship that a lot of reluctance in actually communicating with her because I was afraid. I was never to be able to uh, talk like that toward my mom. And then I had to went against the culture and expectations and society and when she raised Ohio kind of house would be like you abandoning your mom you are no longer care about me you know lo love me you know like all those kind of tactics coming up and you have to stand strong in your truth to be able to be firm with your decision you have to follow through so what you said was really true the first thing you have to decide that you have to communicate it and you have to be clear to communicate it with love not with resentment because you do it out of state of love because you still love them but you also need that space to be who you are to love them more fully so i have to bring up to my mom that this is my decision i love you there's nothing wrong happening but i just have to have my own space and my own freedom and basically i have to move out and 
obviously that brought up with a lot of objections and a lot of resistance and a lot of drama for like the next year actually but the worst was like two months the worst would be like two months she would be like you don't love me anymore you abandoning me i can't be on myself i am old you have to take care of me all of that's coming up but you have to know your truth like i knew that i need my space i need my freedom and no matter what she say that's not true to who i am so i have to stay true to who i am otherwise i won't be able to love her as i want to let's say if i didn't follow through with my truth which happened many times before i would continue to do as she said but i started to feel resentment toward her and over time when i do think i no longer feel happy about it and i could no longer feel the love that i have toward her i only feel the resentment i have to do this because i have to not because i wanted to but because i had to and that started to overshadow the love i felt for my mother at the time i first recognized it when i just took like a short like a one weekend just like a break away like a retreat like a silent self retreat and i remember driving to the um campground i just rented a cabin for the weekend and i immediately felt relief and it was just the love would start overwhelming me like oh my god i really love about my mom i really care about her but i couldn't feel any of these feeling when i was living under the same roof with her because of all these tension that i felt when i feel like my privacy got intruded my freedom got in space i feel controlled i felt that i had to do something but then i recognized that she didn't force me to do it i myself ultimately made the choice doing it because i was afraid to be true i was afraid to tell her i was afraid to stand up for myself so reading that i recognized that you know what i should not be mad at my mom i should not be mad at anybody else it was me my choice that did it so after that after a few months i made my arrangement and i you know got my head clear on that i was able to tell my mom with love with respect that i have to move and with the chaos following through when you knew your value i knew my value at the time i knew my truth and why i'm doing it i was able to see through why my mom were raising all kind of hell just to keep me there so i understood her motivation i understood her actions so that clarity of when you actually know your truth and following it and honoring it you suddenly have this kind of calmness even during the chaos following afterward and you were able to actually more compassionate because you understand the other person where they're coming from you're more compassionate toward them you don't let their behavior affect you that much and that has been really helpful now we have a very much better relationship we live in separate house we love each other better and we are able to communicate okay this is how i do things this is my place this is my word this is my life this is how it is we love each other and we kind of respect and kind of understand each other better so the relationship have to go through that kind of collapsing with all these false expectation cultural obligations and then when you move past that we are able to have a more authentic more meaningful relationship because we can grow within our boundary I had a few thoughts while you were explaining that and 
in my experience, of course, I've had similar experiences with people where that resentment comes up and you recognize there's something wrong here. And that is that I was not setting clear boundaries and I was not following through with them. So I didn't communicate with love what my boundary was, and then I didn't follow through with it. And one of the reasons why I believe that so many of us don't actually communicate what we want, what we are willing to take, (laughs) you know, is that we are trying to manipulate how the other person thinks of us. We don't want them to not like us. We don't want them to not love us. We think that they're not going to love us as much anymore if we tell them that we don't like it when fill in the blank. And if we follow through with what we've said to them that they are going to be in pain or something like that. One of the things that comes up a lot in my job, and it's unfortunately something that has been coming up a lot in the last few years, are aging parents who have drug-using adult children. They're in their 40s and 50s. The parents are in their 70s and 80s. And they're dealing with these adult children who are breaking into their homes, stealing from their parents and you know, knocking on their doors all hours of the day and night. And the parents feel bad and will you know, let them in and then they'll kick them out. You know, the child will beat on their parents, but the parents will keep letting them in because they think it would be too harsh to throw them out into the world. And they then rely on the criminal justice system to get a restraining order. But then even when there's a restraining order in place, they feel like, well, they're behaving themselves right now. So I'll go ahead and let them in my house. And then sure enough, they start stealing. They start beating on their parents again. And then they call the police. And what it comes down to when I talk to these parents is that they feel like they're being bad parents if they're not letting their child do whatever it is that they want to do. They don't set boundaries. They don't communicate them with love, and they certainly don't follow through on what they've communicated. So these children, adult children, keep crossing the line over and over and over again because the parents haven't set a clear boundary. And likely, they've never set a clear boundary in the child's whole life because they feel that it's bad and it's actually hurting their children because their children are never going to learn from their mistakes. They're never going to learn that there's consequences to their behaviors. Yes, that's very heartbreaking. But I do see that also on my line of work at a pharmacy. Very heartbreaking. I see people, especially aging adults, I see like 70, 80 people breaking their back working jobs when they're supposed to be retired to pay the bills for their kid. And I know they feel bad when they didn't support their kid. But the thing about love is, like most of us, will always want to do things out of love and respect. Ultimately, we want other people we love to not suffer. So that's how we do a lot of things. That's how our boundary get pushed a lot. Just because we are loving individuals, we are loving and caring beings, And we don't want the people we love to suffer. But we have to honor our truth first. And in order to do that, we have to respect ourselves enough. And we have to be true to who we are. So that's when when it does, we actually help the other person to know how to love. And we actually do it better. And like you said, ultimately, if we have everyone involved, if we know our boundary, And because we can 
grow and basically is make our relationship much healthier and more meaningful and is make everyone in the relationship grow. Like we already hold and complete, but with boundary, that's give us space so we all can grow into our best potential. Oh, yeah. And I feel like we might think that we're acting out of love when we let someone do something that we didn't want them to do. We might think that we're acting out of love, but really we're not. Because when you're acting out of love, you feel amazing. If you feel resentful, if you feel angry, if you feel annoyed, irritated, any of those feelings, and that's why it's so important to get in touch with your feelings like we were talking about earlier, then you're not really acting out of love. There was a book that Brooke Castillo had uh, actually recommended, and I started reading it and while well, listening to it. And it's really amazing like how the love that we have, it is dampened when we aren't setting proper boundaries. And I'll link to the book in the show notes. If you're highly religious, like if you're really into spiritual texts like the Bible, then you'll probably like it more. I wasn't really prepared for (laughs) how much it was citing the Bible in it. But even if you took all of that out, the text about boundaries is so spot on and it really helps you appreciate what creating healthy boundaries can do for yourself, but also other people. Especially for other people. I think we do things mostly out of love, but because we have to do both. We have to do things out of love, but also we have to love ourselves, respect ourselves enough. We have to honor our truth. We cannot just do one or the other. If we honor our truth, but we mean to the others, that's not really our truth. We're not very loving right there. But if we do things out of love, but we didn't honor our truth, eventually that's going to harm all of us. It's just like, I think it's a very practical example that, you know, like when you raise a kid, when as beginning, you do everything for them. You know, you feed them, you, you know, like help, you know, like let them ride a bike and you're always pushing them, pushing their bike. But eventually, even if they fall, even if they make a mess, you have to let them do it. You know, you have to create that boundary that, okay, I'm not doing it for you. You have to do it. This is yours. So we do our best to graze that boundary and have people to step up to their potential and do what they needed to do to grow. And that's vital. It's just like when, you know, on the airplane, you have to put the mask on yourself first, even before a child. Because if you don't help yourself, you cannot help anybody. So similar thing with boundary. If you don't feel, I guess, free, if you don't feel that you are doing what you wanted to do and you feel very resentful, you feel reluctant, you feel angry towards other people, you start blaming other people, you start getting frustrated, you're not helping anybody. Your efforts are basically going wasted because you're not helping yourself, you're not helping anybody. And that's ultimately not what you want. Right. Well, I would love it if you would share with our listeners where they can learn more about you. I have a website. It's called Spunky Spiritualist because I do have dark humor and I scientific. So that's where they found out about more about my story. And then they can book a call and chat. I have a very strong personality. If they want to work with me, we're going to book a call and talk. And I will figure out where they are in their life, what they need to focus on for clarity. 
And if we find out our personality match, then we can work together. If not, just, you know, hit me a comment, send me an email or something. But before I go, I do have a few steps to help guide people through about boundary that can help your audience. But I like method, right? So the first thing is be honest with yourself. So recognize the feeling. Most of the time, people recognize when the boundary being pushed is when they are angry and when they are resentful towards someone, towards someone you love. You know, if a stranger cannot push your boundary, it's usually someone you care about that can push your boundary. So first of all, is be honest with yourself and simply just recognize that feeling and then just ask yourself, why are you feeling this way? And kind of step back and be very objective about why are you feeling that way? Was that because someone forcibly make you feel that way? Or because you do something and then you feel that way because you do something? That's an important distinction because I think it's really easy for us to say, oh, that person made me feel sad, angry, annoyed. It's never the other person, guys. It's always us. Right. Remember, we all have free will. So ultimately, it's our choice whether we do something or not do something. So no one can make us feel anything. Is how we react to it, how we do something, how we feel about actions. So it's always a good question will be, why am I feeling this way? And usually I find that that's like a classic sentence. If you start off, with a feeling like if it's because someone do something and it's their fault that something, if you start, your sentence starts toward blaming other people, you have your boundary issue. It's you. It's you. It's you. So when you find out why you are feeling that way, you will find where it is you're being pushed, where it is your boundary are being stepped upon. So you're going to have to being very clear and objective It's good when you calm down. You don't want to do that when you're feeling angry and frustrated and do all this kind of reflection because you're never going to see it. You know, this is where if you're getting wrapped up in the old kind of emotion, that's when you seek out for help. Whether it's a mentor, your friends, or a coach, that's where you're going to go seek out for help to get a more objective view. So you're going to set up your boundary to see where do you want to go and why are you feeling this way and how can you not feeling this way anymore? And it's not because like, it's like more like you wish on not doing something that usually how it's come to happen. So it's not you making a request for other people to like, oh, I really wish you can do the dishes for me today. That's not the issue of boundary. It's more about like, okay, I wish you let me know when you do something so I can plan accordingly. So usually it's more about them not doing something for you to not push a boundary. There's like also an element of it where if you don't do this, then you're not going to get this result. So if you don't let me know ahead of time that you need me to do this, then I'm not going to do it. Right. So the first thing is you have to set a boundary and you have to communicate that with respect and with love for that person. And I would say people need to be mentally prepared for this kind of difficult conversation. Because usually when people do it, it's like the first time ever they do it. And the conversation obviously going to be difficult. It's a difficult topic. You have to be mentally prepared that the conversation is going to be difficult. It's not always going to go smoothly. The person you communicated to not always going to be eager on the receiving end and not always receptive for it. Um, You have to be prepared for that. 
and you have to be okay with that. You have to accept that your idea or boundary is may or may not be received well, but you have to honor your truth and follow through with it. And let's face it, like if you're having this conversation with a person for the first time and you've never set a boundary with them before, you've never said, if you keep doing this, you're not going to get this result that you want, then it's going to not only be uncomfortable, but the person that you're speaking to isn't used to you talking to them like this. Now, you might be saying it with all the love in the world, but they're not used to hearing you say things like, if you take my car keys again, I'm not going to let you borrow my car again when you need it. So this is like a concept that is resonating with you and you're thinking, wow, I do have people crossing boundaries all the time. I just haven't articulated those boundaries before, but I feel resentful when they do these things and recognize it's going to be uncomfortable and that they're not used to hearing this. So just stick with it. You've got this. It takes practice. It does. And the conversation is usually, I think a helpful tip is like, don't say that you need to do this because you, you know, irresponsible, I can't trust you, kind of that. You don't, you don't want to do that. You want to start with the conversations that I want you to, you know, respect this because of your reason, not because of that person something, because I need to know for my safety, you know, like because of how you work and you operate and how you feel, not how the other person. So put it the reason for you, not the reason on the other person, because ultimately this is your boundary, not the other person's boundary. So to be prepared and you have to accept however their reaction going to be. They might not accept your boundary and they might still push it, but you have to stand strong. You have to stand your ground. You have to follow through. That's the second key, guys. If you don't follow through, they're never going to respect your boundary, period. Yeah. And then you have to follow through with what you said. You cannot be like, okay, just this one time. No, 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 this one time. You have to follow through. And you know what Dr. Sir say? People that love you, they will respect you for it. They don't mind. There might be a distance for a time being, but they will always come back around. Eventually, they will see it. They will get it. They will understand it. And things will be better. Your relationship will go to a different level and a better level, more meaningful. Ah, I love that. Do you have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? No. The most important thing that I want people to know that, you know, a message gotten out of our you know, conversation today, it should be honest with themselves and with others. And um, sometimes it sucks. <laughs> sometimes it's difficult. <laughs> sometimes it's difficult, but it, that's the only way to go. Uh, yeah. Just be honest, guys. You can do this. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I'll link to everything that you mentioned and we talked about here in the podcast, the books and everything in the show notes. Thank you, Dina. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. I will link to everything that we talked about at dinacataldo.com forward slash 53. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash 53. And I would love it if you would share a picture of you listening to this podcast on Instagram and tag me at dina.cataldo and tag Tiffany, just so that I see that you're listening, that you got something out of this. I would love to see that. That's dina.cataldo on Instagram. I'll talk to you soon. Hi, lawyers. If you love Soul Roadmap Podcast, I want to tell you about a couple things that will jumpstart your life. 
The first is the 10-Day Lawyer Life Detox. We clear out stress and overwhelm in this self-study online coaching program. You can learn more at dinacataldo.com forward slash work with Dina. The second is my signature online group coaching program I do a couple times a year. While the 10-Day Lawyer Life Detox is like a quick refresh, the Lawyer Soul Roadmap is a deep dive. In this 10-week online program, I teach you how your brain works, why you do what you do, and how to reach your goals while creating ease in your life. If you're ready for more, join me at dinacataldo.com forward slash work with Dina. I'll see you there.